Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name's John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. And if you've uh, been paying attention to cars at all, you've noticed that, you know, over time, things have changed a lot. Cars are have more technology in them than ever. They have more wiring in them than ever. They haven't gotten any lighter either. And back, uh, oh, about a month ago, we talked to... Um, Dave uh, Parator from um, NanoSteel, we were talking about lightweighting, and the conversation went towards some of the things that companies can do to uh, do lightweighting of the vehicles. In other words, try to make them lighter and more efficient. And that is one of those things that can sometimes work. There's a variety of different ways you can do it. And uh, with us on the phone today is... uh, Doug Bethauer, he is the Chief Executive Officer of Integral Technologies, and he's here to tell us a little bit more about lightweighting. And, Doug, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Good, good morning, John. Hope you're doing well today. I am, I am doing well today. And, you know, we, we look at uh, vehicles getting lighter, and I saw something in, in a report the other day that talked about uh, vehicle fuel economy over the past, I guess, 25 or 30 years hasn't really improved that much compared to a variety of things but the cars have gotten cleaner they haven't gotten necessarily any lighter they've certainly got a lot more sophisticated but i remember talking to somebody from i believe it was bmw who said to me once we are literally putting our cars on gram diets trying to save a gram here and a gram there to try to make them lighter and your company is involved in similar things right Absolutely. What's happened over the few years, we've really gotten a pretty large appetite for electronics, at least in one of the things. We want to have our navigation systems, our DVD players, and all and all that, but you know what happens, John, is as, as we get all those things in our cars, we are adding weight to it. So we, we've certainly had some diminishing returns from that standpoint, just because of consumer demand has, has really packed some of the pounds onto the vehicles. And then, of course, you bring in the CAFE standards by 2025. I mean, 54.5 miles per gallon is a pretty big ask. So that we've really seen a lot of that from the, uh, the lightweighting. I call it really the resurgence. It started about eight, eight to nine years ago, and that's absolutely the case. We're really seeing the automakers coming in on a gram-by-gram consideration on parts, trying to reduce weight in any way that they can. And there are some things, I mean, Ford is uh, Ford is using a lot of aluminum in their vehicles now, um, in their F-150 pickup truck. Or Originally, when I first looked at it, it said, we're going to have an aluminum frame. Now it's like we're going to have an aluminum frame and some aluminum body components. They're looking at the same thing. What's your company doing? What our company does is we make we make a conductive plastic. And where this really fits into the lightweighting, of course, we're going to be sixty percent lighter than aluminum. But right now, you know, as you mentioned, Ford's going to going to aluminum frame. BMW is going towards carbon fiber frames. Everybody are they're utilizing new materials to, for lightweighting. But when it comes to the, uh, the electrical side of things, 
there really hasn't been a real answer to how do you reduce the weight of the electronics. And, and just a few minutes ago, I'd mentioned all of the various electronics that are going to the cars, and not to mention the hybrid electric and the full electric vehicles, where there's tremendous amounts of high-power electronics going through there. Those are all putting out tremendous amounts of electrical interference. And that's what our company is doing is, for all of those applications uh, that have all this metal that they're using for the shielding, we're entirely replacing the aluminum with a conductive plastic. So we're giving you about a 60% weight savings on all those electrical components. So sort of here in the radio station uh, around the transmitter that's kind of everything's clad in copper to try to keep electrical interference down, your company does something similar to that? Correct. Because essentially everything that has a current running through it, it's emitting emitting interference. I I like to say this, 30 years ago, that really didn't matter because the the only problem you have by interference, if you remember, you know, your uh, pull-string lawnmowers. Mm-hmm. You know, you pull your you pull the lawnmower, and you see the squiggly lines on the TV, or you'd have the uh, all the static in the radio. That was really about the extent of the inconvenience. So things weren't shielded back then, but nowadays, all these electronic ways that are going around without shielding, none of our electronics are going to work appropriately. So that's what we're doing. Everything you have, all those devices that you mentioned around you right now, uh, they're all utilizing uh, some sort of metal in order to do that, and, and we're able to uh, to do that with plastic. Yeah, and it's not just, and you mentioned hybrids and plug-in hybrids, and but what happens with battery technology? You know, you you have uh, uh, a car that's running, you know, four to five hundred volts of lithium-ion power to get it to work, and still twelve-volt batteries for some accessory systems. Does your company try to address that as part of yeah, lightweighting as well? Great question, John. It's really in two ways. Uh, one, and I would mention some of those electric on the all electric cars. Same thing, those batteries. In the case of a Tesla, I believe the batteries weigh about 1,400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in most cases, those still require shielding, and they're utilizing cast aluminum for that. So we're able to reduce weight, therefore giving them longer range just from the shielding aspect. But, but more recently, what we've done is we've, invi- we've invented out of our material uh, bipolar plates for bipolar battery technology. And just without getting too technical, I'll kind of give you a gist of what that means. The bipolar technology has been around for a long time, and it really makes a lead-acid battery far more efficient. And what we're able to do is instead of having lead plates inside those batteries, now we're able to have plastic. And what this does is it essentially eliminates the lead inside the battery. Mm -hmm. How you're able to manufacture that battery is entirely different. So imagine for a moment, like right now, think about all your 12 and 24 volt batteries. Uh, they're all pretty much look the same. Mm-hmm. Going to be some sort of rectangular shape, uh, and that's really driven by the fact that you can't really do much with that shape because you have that uh, metal lead in there. By doing utilizing plastic, you can now essentially make a battery any shape you want. So in the design of, a, of an automobile, currently what you do is, you know, you design the under the hood um, and you factor in the real estate space that your battery's mm-hmm. going to take up. But by doing this, now what you can do is you can you can fit the battery into whatever free real estate space you have. Maybe it's an oblong shape, maybe a round shape. Um, 
more importantly to that, though, by fully utilizing a bipolar technology, you can make the batteries over 50% smaller and maintain the same efficiency. So much smaller, obviously lighter weight, and you free up even more real estate. Yeah, that's that's a good point because you look under the hood of most modern cars today, and first off, you can't see the engine. You see a plastic cover that kind of dresses up something. And then mm-hmm. then you start to look, and I was looking under the hood of a BMW, and they, you know, probably for a couple of reasons, move the battery to the back seat. Uh, mm-hmm. And that creates its own challenges because now all of a sudden, instead of having a battery cable that's three feet long, you have one that's 12 feet long. And you can have issues with voltage drop and all of that. So I can I can see how having a battery that is as flexible as a windshield washer reservoir that you can change the shape and mold it and stick it in a corner somewhere, uh, like you said, frees up real estate and also saves some weight and probably allows the car to start up and run better. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. So you just and what's happened in the in the battery industry the last several years there's been a tremendous amount of energy and resources put into coming up with new battery technologies, mm-hmm. and that's great, and we applaud that, and many of those are going to really help push things along. But I really feel, you know, we, we here feel anyway, as far as lead-acid batteries, that still is the 800-pound gorilla, and there hasn't been as much put into refining and improving and adding efficiencies to the lead-acid battery. So we really feel like there's a lot of room to grow there. And um, uh, from an adoption standpoint, it's much easier for for people to adopt a better, older technology uh, than to just uh, adopt something entirely new. Mm. Yeah, that 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 is true because I know even with things like uh, aluminum and carbon fiber, even though aluminum they've been building aluminum cars for years. I mean, you look back at the original Land Rovers that were aluminum, and and you look at carbon fiber that you know off and on has been kind of the the you know going to be the the next big thing that mm-hmm. hasn't quite happened yet. When people feel more comfortable, I suppose that helps helps a lot. Um, you know, going back to going back to the you know just general topic of light weighting, um, mm-hmm. the the cars we see today, there's always some concern about. Okay, you make a car lighter, is it become inherently less safe by light weighting certain components? The way you're looking at it with batteries and shielding wiring and and um, the other the other parts of your business now you haven't taken away from any of the structural components of the car so it sounds like a win for uh, the engineering teams as well yeah that's a good point because all of the components we're doing it it is all going to be all under the hood non-structural non-impact you know those t- type of things so you're, you're certainly not adding any more inherent safety risk by doing that it's just a pure a pure lightweight advantage. Mm. Under that can, scenario, yeah. Can you can you tell us who your customers are, or is that? I, I, um, one of my challenges is that the, the, we are a public company, mm-hmm. so I can only go. I can. There's only so many things I can say. And yep. I'm bound by non-disclosure on some, but what I, I can give you a few things that are actually very much out there in the public domain. Uh, we, we are in, in a joint development with Delphi Automotive. Okay, and what we're doing, and this is an interesting thing too. Uh, a, there's a lot of high power cable that's running through vehicles. 
And on that high-power cable, you have a metal casing over the top of it. And actually, here's a better example. Um, if you think of a coax cable, mm-hmm. it has that metal sheathing around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're doing. We're replacing that metal sheathing with plastic. And the advantage of that, yes, it's lighter weight, but that's, a, that's an expensive, slow process to put that metal on there. And that's what we're developing with Delphi. We're replacing that metal, and you just extrude our material on there. Improves your manufacturing speed by about ten times. So it's really it's a really pretty significant. And within transportation, we deal with the tier ones, and we do deal directly with uh, the OEMs. And most OEMs we have some dialogue with, and we're at some stage. Yeah, uh, in there because really everybody's looking for the same thing, and everybody has the same problem. Yeah, yeah, so. it, yeah. It, it's really, it's really sort of interesting. And, and you know, just going back to the wiring part, there, there's literally thousands and thousands of feet of wiring that are that are in a car today. And the yeah. the idea that you can find a way short of, and I guess there's, you know, you could you can. You know, there's bus cables and, I mean, very sophisticated and, like you said, shielded cabling inside cars today that really look at, you know, where where the potential future is going to go. And um, like uh, like you said, if you can manufacture it lighter and faster and more efficient, it's a win for uh, mm-hmm. both those suppliers and the vehicle manufacturers. Yeah, absolutely. And and really when it's all said and done, there's, there's only a few ways you can really – they're really going to be able to meet those cafe standards coming up. And lightweight, obviously, is one of the major ways ways to do that. And really, through the lightweight, is, it's almost all that's going to be through um, some sort of material advances mm. in materials and new materials. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the only way it's going to happen because we're not going to take components out of cars. And we're not. We're going to add more. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, we're adding more, and we're also at least here in the United States. We're not giving up our, our our love of horsepower. We may not no. be doing it. We may not be doing it in big V eight engines as much anymore. But when you look at a four cylinder engine that's developing three hundred horsepower, even though it's smaller and lighter, it's smaller. But it's there's still there's there's still weight involved, and we're not going to mm-hmm. we're not going to trade we're not going to trade that off. And um, this this has to be one of the ways. And like you said, that's a the uh, the cafe fuel standard is a pretty heavy lift for all the vehicle manufacturers and i, I kind of wonder whether we'll actually be able to do it when the time time comes around but um you know we'll, we'll have to see and i think companies like yours that have these ideas of being able to do this and you guys must have uh, you might you guys must have a direct line to the patent office no, absolutely we have uh, we have about 120 filed patents and roughly 55 right now that are uh, that, that have been fully I- I- issued, mm-hmm. and many, many of those are on the very specific applications that utilize the conductive plastic. Mm. I, mean, I mean, ranging from you know connectors and enclosures on vehicles, you know, all the way to shingles for roofs. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, when you really think, that's the other thing too. And I, uh, there's also a need in transportation uh, to have devices that heat. That's the other thing that we're able to do with this material is you apply a current to it, and we can actually heat that up as well. Hmm. So, again, the, the applications become rather enormous when you get right down yeah. to it. So, so, so someday are we ever going to see a roof shingle that has your technology in it that makes electricity? You know what? We might. I can tell you 
emphatically that's not something we're actively pursuing right now, but it's something that there's actually been some interest in, particularly mm. in some of the climates where it tends to be um, colder. Mm. I mean, with a, lot, a long time, or for longer periods of time, people are asking for heated gutters. And, of course, you know, in Boston, you can really relate to this with roofs, roofs collapsing, things like yep. this. Uh, there's some growing interest in applications that weren't necessarily as much interest Years ago, yeah there there are still there are still people in this area that are still working on storm damage from from this past winter from from ice dams and other things. So I, I would I would think if you could extrude a plastic gutter that you could run current through that would keep warm that would look pretty without looking like heating cables in it. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting idea. If people want to learn more about your company, um, is there a website they can visit? It's electroplast.com, and that's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-P-L-A-S-T.com. Of course, that's and that's the name of our material. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's the mixture between the two words, electric and plastic. And, and there's, there's a lot of information there. I mean, some of it technical, some a little more non-technical. Uh, a couple videos on there as well. There's some videos that are made very simplistically, just showing current running through it, but um, quite a bit of information. Yeah, I just typed it in in your homepage. Just, I'm fascinated by the graphic of the car on the on the homepage spinning <laughs> absolutely, around. So, absolutely, so very very interesting. Hey, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us up here in Boston today and giving us all a little bit of edu- of an education. All right, thanks, John. Have all right, take care, Doug. Bye bye. Well, I know I learned a little bit. Who knew plastic, electricity going through plastic? Who would have thought? Hey, we need to take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. If you would like to join us, and I hope you will, our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And remember, you can always listen to us online at WROLradio.com, and you can do that worldwide, I suppose. And you can always find old programs, vintage programs, on my podcast site, which is johnatpaul.podomatic.com, or you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, where you can also listen on live, live too, on TuneIn Radio. Uh, you can either go to the WROL app on TuneIn or the Car Doctor app on TuneIn. I think that's it. That's all I have. Shameless plug. We'll do another one when I come back for the Boston Globe. We'll be right back. W-R-O-L Boston. I'm here in my car to make a point, and the point is, I don't want to get out of my car. See, I've got a flat tire, or uh, engine trouble, or something. Hear that? Yeah, I'm guessing it's a typhoon. It's New England nasty out there. Hey, you know what I mean. When you're out here, you really can't see where you're going. Oh, and have you seen the puny jacks that come with the cars these days? They don't look like they could lift my eyebrow, let alone my car. Dependable roadside assistance is why I'm a AAA member. 1-800-AAA-HELP. Here they come now. Friendly, knowledgeable people who know what they're doing, unlike, say, me. Hey, whether it's a cold winter's night or a bright, bright, sunshiny day, why take chances? Thanks. Again, AAA. Still not a member? Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or join online at aaa.com. AAA membership for life. 
New York Times best-selling author Eric Metaxas has come to the spirit of Boston. We kind of get serious. We need leaders with courage. Absolutely fascinating. God is going to judge us. We have to share those stories with each other. You know this is right. Dennis Prager calls him one of the most interesting and insightful thinkers in the United States. He's intelligent and good-looking. Oh, yeah, he's that, too. The Eric Metaxas Show. I got you. Weekday afternoons at 2 on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Wow. (laughs) Miss your favorite show? A nation free to form its destiny under God. Empowerment of others. Service building up others. Don't let me quit. Or do you just want to hear it again? Check out our podcast page at WROLradio.com. All your favorite ministries on demand whenever you want them, day or night, and all for free. Just visit our podcast page at WROLradio.com. Download and enjoy. Now, let's get back to the car doctor, John Paul. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And our buddy Rick called in, who we just referred to as ROB, Rick of Boston. Um, and he says, uh, breaking down studies, what causes the most highway deaths, drinking, speeding, etc. Yes, you got those in the right order. Drinking, speeding, and uh, whatever the other one is. Um, oh, you came up with those? Okay. Um, yeah, drinking accounts for the highest percentage of fatalities on the road followed by speeding, followed by probably distractions. So, um, But um, of the 32,000 um, highway fatalities or on-the-road fatalities last year, which has gone down considerably, by the way. It was up around 40-something thousand. Now it's down around 30. Um, and it's not because people have become safer drivers. I believe it's because cars are safer and emergency medical um the ability to get people, personnel, personnel are better. They're able to get people to hospitals quicker. There's probably more kind of smaller emergency rooms to be able to get people to. But um, of the 30,000, I think about 10,000 of those deaths can be attributed to drinking and driving. So uh, so it makes it sound like, well, if there's 30,000, 20,000 people drive worse than the drunks. No, that's the highest percentage. Then it's Probably six or seven thousand for speeding, six or seven thousand for for distractions. Uh, but it is uh, certainly drinking is the biggest part of that. I said uh, something about the Boston Globe. Good article in today's Globe by Bill Griffith. He is uh, he is the I guess the, the the main auto writer at the Boston Globe is the best way to describe him because he's there all the time. But he talked about uh, car shopping: Golf, Sport Wagon, or Subaru Outback. And um, the Subaru Outback recently has come under a little bit of, I don't know, I've gotten some weird complaints about the Outback. And I like the Outback. There is, there is, there is very few um, little wagon-type SUV, mini SUVs that I like as much as the Outback. I liked it a lot. Uh, it is, but one of the things that I've heard is a, Issue with just recently a woman who said she can't read the speedometer, and I don't know why. And 
she went back to the dealer, and the dealer said that's the best they can do. And somebody suggested somewhere that she uses a GPS because maybe she can see the GPS and where she can't see the speedometer. I don't know if the dealer suggested tilting the seat back or forward because of some reflections, which sounded like a really weird answer. Uh, my suggestion would be go find another Subaru Outback and sit in it and see what you think. Is it the same? Is it an issue? The other thing with the um, with dash displays washing out, if you wear sunglasses all the time with polarized lenses, a lot of times the polarized lenses completely obliterate the display. You can't see anything. And I notice that with my own car. I'll look at the display and I have to tilt my sunglasses down to look at it to actually get a clear view of it. And it has nothing to do with focus. It just has to do with uh, it cuts down that type of light that comes off of it. The other complaint I got about the Outback was um, dash off the, uh, or reflection off the navigation screen. Uh, some people described it as absolutely blinding. Didn't get that either. And the third one was a hesitation with some of the Subaru uh, CVT transmissions, the continually variable transmissions, that they find the, uh, they find the uh, delay uh, way, way too much. Uh, I notice it's about a second or a second and a half. If you shift from reverse to drive, park to reverse, whatever, it's sometimes about a second, second and a half. Um, I don't consider that a problem. But uh, Bill goes on to say two good choices. The Subaru, Subaru Outback is certainly New England's car. It's ubiquitous on our highways, but perhaps the Gulf Sport can take over some of that territory. Uh, Gulf Sport's a nice car. It's... Um, I have I I've always seen it. I haven't driven it, but I always liked the idea of a small hatch like that. So you can take a look at that. And uh, then uh, and he follows up. He follows up. So uh, so what else is out there? He says he likes the new Ford Escape, the Ac- Acura RDX, the Mazda CX-5. Uh, I love the new Volvo XC90. Good used wagon might be an XC70. You might think that because. Um, I'm doing writing. I'm going to get the last word. Hardly tune in next week to find out what she bought. This is somebody who was looking for different types of cars. So he didn't get the last word, but find out next week. And then you can go over to my column and see what's going on. I talked about a Fusion Hybrid, the uh, Honda CRV with some original tires, a Ford F-250 pickup truck, Let's see, somebody with a three-year-old Honda Goldwing, and I got a plug-in for AAA motorcycle coverage, and then uh, somebody with a Nissan pickup truck, and they're putting new battery cables on. So, that's what you can find in the automotive section of the Boston Globe today. You can also, if you're down around the Rhode Island area, you can also grab the Providence Journal and see a similar Car Doctor column. Might have one overlapping question from this one to that one. I might have made a mistake. But they're separate. They're different columns, so you can you can read them online at the projo.com or by the by the journal, or you can go to boston.com and find it there. It's usually the boston.com usually puts up the column pretty prominently on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then it starts to fade away by the weekend. So it starts to kind of go away by the weekend, and I'm not sure why, but it's there. You search for it. And there's still an old page of mine on Boston.com. It's sort of the uh, Boston.com slash research and advice, I guess. And it's a page that still exists out in the interweb. Apparently, stuff never goes away. Just stays and stays and stays. 
If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Tom. Hi, John. Hey, how are you? Good. I called you last week about the fuel pump I was taking out of yep. the car that sat for years. Yep. I, I got it out, and the tank was clean as a whistle. I mean, couldn't have been any cleaner. Really? Uh, I siphoned the gas out, and that's 15 years, years old, the car. And I wiped it out. I couldn't even get any residue, you know, any film nice. on the, a, a clot when I wiped it out. Nice. So, it was pretty good. But anyways, um, a few other things in the line broke. I couldn't get the, fil- the uh, filter off and uh, different things. But yeah. anyway, okay, I have the harmonic balancer off, and I need to torque it on. Would you know the torque specs for that? Tell me what this is again. 99 Pontiac Grand Prix 3.8. Let's see. Standard engine, not supercharged. Yeah, let's see. Um. Yeah, it's and you said it's just it's just a regular three point eight, yeah. yeah, not the not not the supercharger. Uh, yeah. Let's let's see if we can find this out. I'm using all data, but there's there's other you know there's other ways to right um, to look it up. But let's see. Um, now, what are you what are you doing to this? Tell tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Well, originally when I I, I parked the car, I didn't need it anymore. I didn't want to get rid of it. It, uh, it just died on me when. One time, and so I checked if the spark. There was no spark coming out of it, but at the time I didn't have the time to work on it. Mm. I kind of tracked it to just no spark. So now I do have the time. So I, uh, what I did last week was uh, I did some tests, and I found out it's the crankshaft sensor. I did some with my ohms meter and different mm-hmm. things, and cranking it by hand, and we found out that it, it's the uh, crankshaft sensor. So pulled off the harmonic balancer, got in there, and. Change. Not as simple as I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's just <laughs> that easy. You just go well, in and pull off the balancer. Either. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have every tool, so you know you're trying. This and there's different things you don't want to cause a problem, and you know anyway, all kinds of different yeah. things. And uh, and I changed the cam sensor also at the same time. So anyway, so I get that all back together, and I just want to put it on, and uh, and I know it's a pretty it's a large bolt. It's huge. It's three quarter inch. It's a very large bolt, and I think it's uh, quite a lot of torque on it. Yeah, so it, yeah, sure. it's it's um, it requires a um, it's a hundred and eleven foot pounds. One eleven. Okay. Yeah. Plus, plus once you get to that point, and then it says plus seventy two degrees. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think I'll be hundred exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hundred and eleven. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. what that really means is real tight. You know, yeah, so, well, I already yeah. I, I did about ninety, and I I, yeah. I jammed the thing, and I got to have somebody else hold it. So I yeah. get it. That's what I was thinking. Okay, so yeah. hundred, hundred and eleven. And another thing, and a brake line that sat there and, and broke. Uh, I got to replace it from the ABS module to the right front brake. Now, when I bleed that, is that just standard? Since I'm going to have to, it's going to the module. When I'm going to bleed them all. Actually. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to bleed it. You're just going to bleed it all. It's not going to be. It's not going to be that big a deal. So. Okay. Yeah. So That's not that big of a yeah. deal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the uh, kind of the you know the way that um, you know the, the the GM dealers or or anybody who works on this, they actually have like a special fixture that sort of holds the the yeah. flywheel in place. So, yeah, I looked yeah. that up, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. A so, screwdriver is doing it, but yeah. I just need somebody to yeah to to do it with yeah. me or whatever. Yeah, but. sometimes sometimes you can even you know if you can get to the flex plate. Um, you know, you can you know maybe jam something in there between the torque converter and the flex plate, or you know even a pair of vice grips on the flex plate to try to hold it in place and 
And yeah, kind of, I did yeah. do that, but it didn't yeah. grab really the way I wanted. It was grabbing mm. the teeth, and I'm like, I don't yeah, know, yeah, you don't want to grab the teeth. No, you don't want to do yeah, that. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but that's so. not pretty something, though. How clean that fuel tank was. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, rope. that's pretty amazing. I mean, no residue at all on a cloth when I I drained it all out. Mm. I, I put a clean towel and it came out clean, just wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so. pretty amazing. Yeah, but, uh, no, that's that's pretty good. So, uh, 111 foot pounds, and then once you get it tight, it's sort of like a, yeah, a, th- a third afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Thank okay. You very much. All right. Yeah, take I'll care, Tom. Good luck bye-bye. with it. Let yep, us know bye. how you make out. Yeah, I will. All right. Okay, take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Um do we need to take a break? No? How about how about we'll give out a trivia question and then we'll take a break. How's that for an idea? In nineteen fifty there was a car advertisement that said dollar for dollar you can't beat a dollar for dollar you can't beat a Tell me what kind of car it is. Dollar for dollar, you can't beat a fill-in-the-blank. And um, very popular car. Dollar for dollar, in 1950, the car advertisement said, dollar for dollar, you can't beat a... And come up with an answer for that. And if you do, we will send you some sort of a prize. I don't know what it is, but my prize drawer is getting low. We might have to start to go into the WROL prize closet, come up with some T-shirts or something. Maybe we'll do that. Do we have a prize T-shirt closet? Yeah, well, okay. Marita says yes, we do. So you never know. But why don't we take a break when we come back? Um, see if we have some people who want to guess for trivia. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We will be right back. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. WROL Boston. Hi, this is Paul Sullivan of the Sullivan Tire Company. Summer road trips are finally upon us, and we. Get one free, or buy one and get the second at 50% off on all Yokohama and Sullivan Tire Value Line tires in stock. Sullivan Tire is New England's tire headquarters with thousands of quality tires in stock at the best prices. Sullivan Tire is a full-service maintenance center with over 100 certified master technicians standing by to keep your car running right. Again, all this month, buy three, get one free, or buy one and get the second at 50% off on all Yokohama and Sullivan Tire Value Line tires in stock. For details, visit SullivanTire.com slash 60 years or call 877-592-TIRE. For over 60 years, our family has been servicing New England motorists. Thank you for trusting us with your vehicle and letting us grow alongside your family. I count. I count. I count. At CBCU, I count. When you become a member of the City of Boston Credit Union, you count. CEO, Dan Trombley. I like the fact that we're owned by our members, and unlike 
previous jobs that I had in banking where we were sort of looking out for shareholders all the time. It's refreshing to get back to just helping members. CBCU Treasurer Susan Connolly. The goal is to serve the member and to try to do the best in the interest of the member. They're not out to make money. They're out to do whatever can help the average person, the person who doesn't have a lot of money but needs the services. When I think of what we're supposed to be doing here at the credit union, I always try to look at it from the member's perspective and make sure that we're looking out for their best interests. I count. I count. Be part of a financial service institution where you count. The City of Boston Credit Union. Cityofbostoncu.com. Play ball. This is the Discount Duchess coming to you from McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm here with my little darlings catching a Paw Sox baseball game, but I couldn't wait to tell you that I not only bought tickets for my little darlings, but also for my Countess Cousins family, too. What a fabulous idea to take your whole family for a day at the park and all at half price. That's only $4.50 per ticket. Visit WEZE or WRLRadio.com to get half-off Paw Sox tickets all season long. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Remember, you can listen on live, WROL Radio. Listen on live. What? What did I say? Listen online, live, on WROLradio.com. Um, let's go over to Diane, who has a guest on trivia. Great. Hi, Paul. John. But John you're close. Paul. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's a Pontiac. I think I think you're right. It is a Pontiac. I love Pontiacs. That's how come I know. Dollar for dollar, you can't beat a Pontiac. Now, <laughs> now you have to s- stop and wonder. You know, so if it, they were those so good, why did they stop making them? I have no idea because yeah. I would have bought one. Yeah, no Pontiacs. Pontiacs. I always thought just had you know if I had to if I had to look at cars to eliminate you know you kind of have you know you've always had Chevys and Chevys are great and Oldsmobile eh, yeah maybe you could say well it's the difference between an Oldsmobile and a Buick but Pontiac was just that sort of extra special Chevy I don't know it was you know and I think Pontiac especially you know maybe not in its end years but it always had something a little bit different about it to set it aside and. Made them just a little bit nicer cars, I thought. But it did. I'm the one that drove that Grand Prix for 15 years that my husband's trying to fix. Talk. Ah, oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it was mine. Now, now it's his. Well, you know he. Well, you know it's good to have a hobby. Yes. All yes. right. Well, well, stay right, stay right there. We will. I uh, will send you out a crankshaft pulley or something. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Bye. A family that listens together. This is family radio. Let's talk to Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, we've got a 1999 Toyota Camry that we've owned for about a year. It has 90,000 miles on it mm-hmm. right now, so it's relatively low mileage. And there's a creaking sound from the right front uh, when accelerating from a dead 
stop or when hitting the brakes. It kind of groans or creaks. Hmm. And I, we've done quite a bit of work. I can go down the list. Yeah. We've done if you want. So sure. the car, so we've owned it for a year. At the time, at that time, uh, new pads, rotors, sway bar bushings, um, shocks all around the quick struts. So it was the yep. entire shock. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I did the stabilizer bar link on the right front um, to get the shocks done. Mm-hmm. So just in the past month or so, it's it had this creaking sound when hitting the brakes. So um, the pads were a little worn, replaced the pads, machined the rotors, mm-hmm. replaced the, I think it's called the caliper bracket, mm-hmm. um, and the guide pins. Mm-hmm. And then I took it to a mechanic, uh, and that didn't solve it. I uh, took it to a mechanic, he replaced the control arm, the entire control arm, that still didn't fix it, and um, then I did the, I uh, replaced the shock, thinking that it could be the mount or the bearing, the, the steering bearing, um, and that still didn't fix it. So I'm just kind of at a, at a, at a standstill with, with trying to figure out what it could be. You had me at sway bar bushings. I was going right for that. Um, no, those, yeah. yeah we, well, did those a year ago? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know. That's. I mean, I could replace them if if you think that's. No, I mean, I, I. I mean, what you what you really need to do is you really, and you really need to just determine at this point, you know, where where the noise is coming from. And you say it, it if you're sitting still and you just bounce it up and down, nothing happens, huh? No, I, you know, I haven't tried that. I I can try that, um, but yeah, it. But I, I, as I said, I replaced the strut. Mm. Um, again, um, thinking it was a warranty claim, and that that didn't fix it. Mm. But I, I can't try bouncing it. Yeah, I you know it's there's um, there's a couple of there's a couple of different things. I mean, even even way back when when these these cars were new, they actually the the power steering rack actually caused caused some weird squeaking crunching noises and they've come out with you know they come out with a, a new i don't know uh rack end or something it was supposed to be supposed to cut down on some noise but i'm still tempted to think that of you know kind of where the noise is coming from one thing that is um is fairly common is you know you mentioned control arm bushings and 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 sway bars um, on some of the on some of these cars there was um, there was the you know you did the stabilizer bar but there was a bracket that kind of um, kind of went backwards from the control arm and some of those bushings could get could make some noise it's. It's one of those things that you really have to not. It's it's there's you know there's two you know there's a dozen rubber parts under there and they all could squeak and groan when you step on the brake. But the the um, lower control arm on the Camrys has a has two different bushings in it. E- either one of those could possibly be the problem, right. and that's. Kind of where I would look. What I'd want to be able to do is get, really get under the car, you know, and, and either get it up on a lift. Um, ideally, the the kind of lift I would like to see it on is a lift where you can drive on and then get under it, and really look for any bushing that looks like it moves, or uh, get under there with a flashlight and look for any 
anything that looks like dust or rust or anything like that that indicates something's starting to wear a little bit. Right. Um, does it do it in the rain? If you drive around and the car gets really, really wet, do you get the same noises? No, um, I haven't noticed either way. Okay. Um, and I know that that's an issue um, with the sway bar pushing when it rains. Sometimes you get the noise mm-hmm. uh, when it rains, not not when it's when it's dry. You don't get the noise. Yeah. But we did the um, the mechanic. I brought it. Finally, brought it to a mechanic, and he did the. He, he said it was the control arm, mm-hmm. so he replaced the whole control arm. Mm. So the, he did both bushings at the same time. Mm. He didn't do the ball joint. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, um, yeah, the ball joint's going to either be worn or it isn't. It's okay. going to be crunchy or it isn't. Okay. That kind of thing, you can you know, you know, can put your hand right on it and turn the wheel back and forth, and you'd feel it kind of crunch and groan, okay. you know, just moving it back and forth. Same thing if someone, again, if someone can kind of half get, you know, kind of get on top of the car while it was on a lift and sort of bounce it up and down a little bit, and you can get your hand on various things. I guess I would go back to the mechanic who did the control arm, and say, you know, you did the control arm and it didn't fix it. What's, you know, what can we do to keep looking? Right. Yeah, and that's that was my thought. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I'd like to have an idea. I, yeah, I, just, I'm, I don't want to just put, throw parts at it. Um, yeah, you, you've already done that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I I'm still I'm still tempted to think. You know, when you say you you get it when you step on the brake and you get it when you go to accelerate, that's when stuff shifts. That's when. The control arm's under its most force, and it shifts back and forth. Going over bump, uh, control arm's not going to move the same way. I'm I'm even willing to bet if you got going four or five miles an hour and stepped on the brake, you might even see something move a little bit. You know, you might see the tire move a little bit, and you might hear the same noise. And then you just need to narrow down why that's moving and where the noise is coming from. I'm still tempted to think it's some sort of control arm bushing sway bar bushing something that something that when the car moves and the weight of the car transfers from front to rear that's that's what affects it and i'm thinking i'm still thinking some kind of control arm bushing right yeah it was when he said it was the um the control arm i said oh that's perfect because that whole control arm moves mm-hmm. as the t- tire pulls it forward right. when you hit the brakes it pulls it mm-hmm. back so um i mean you know potentially the effect of control arm yeah uh, but yeah, yeah. Oh, so Okay, well, this, these are some things to look at. Okay. It's, I was mainly, you know, I want to just make sure it's not a safety issue, and I think I've, I've you know, it's really, at this point, it's not. It's just more uh, aggravating and frustrating. Yeah, I mean, and that's it, that's it too. I mean, it is sometimes that you get into an issue that um, even even my wife's car had a, had a weird creaking noise in it, her old car, and I, you know, I, I checked it all out, jacked it all up, bounced it all around, and what, once I finally figured out what it was, and oddly enough, it was a, lower engine control mount that was uh, a big bracket that acted as a, uh, I think it was almost like a structural member for the vehicle, but the rubber part of it had actually cracked. So when you went over a bump just right, it would actually, it would actually kind of ground out and bounce Bounce against the bracket, it would. But I was convinced, honestly, I was convinced it was a lower control arm bushing, right. and in fact, it wasn't. Right. It was this engine mount that allowed the engine just to drop enough so the engine bushing and the or the engine mount bushing and the bracket would just contact each other on the right road and make a little bit of noise. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we totaled that car and, and okay. fixed the problem. Um, so, but yeah. he just as a side, he did mention um, potentially motor mount, and the engine doesn't rack. Like in yeah. Mountain, yeah. The, the engine really dances yeah. around, but I understand your point. Yeah. It could be just enough to make just it enough. And that's one of those things that you, if you get under there and um, 
you know, as as I'm getting older, I need to put glasses on to see more things. But, you know, get under there, really focus on things, and look for telltale signs of kind of red, rusty dust, which usually gives an idea that two pieces of metal are hitting together. Right, great. Okay. Okay, good luck. Okay, thank yep. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's go to Paul on line two. Hi, Paul. Uh, good morning, John Paul. How uh, are you? Fine. Good, and thank you. I won the other day, and I got a nice little gift. Well, uh, from you, thank you very much. Uh, and you never uh, know, you, you you might get another gift. You never know. Well, that's good. This was a uh, quick X. It's uh, paint. Oh, yeah, the uh, scratch scratch remover yeah. stuff. Yep. Thank you. That's that's really good. Yep. Uh, I have a question on my Mazda, but I, while I was uh, waiting, I went online looking at the uh, uh, the Pontiacs. Oh, yeah. Of that era. Uh, I just came across one, a Chieftain, in, in the 1950 era. It was restored, selling between fifteen and $30,000. So mm. I guess it is a, a good value yeah. Uh, yeah. for the dollar. <laughs> yeah. And no, was, it's funny. I was looking up uh, last night just sort of vintage car ads, and I stumbled across just vintage advertising. Mm. And the advertising that was out in the 30s, 40s, and 50s those ads, you could never, ever use them today. They were so, um, you know, things like, you know, tell your wife, the harder she works, the prettier she'll be, you know. And, well, uh, sounds uh, like Donald Trump, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> but it was, uh, but just some of the ads, that it, it showed, it showed like a little kid with a, with a revolver stuck in his underwear and it says, make, you know, make sure, make sure, you know, it was like, it's the weirdest stuff that was, that was used. And it was like, oh my goodness, you know, it was, it was how'd they ever get away with that? So, and that's where I stumbled across the Pontiac ads. So. Yeah, they really, you uh, Excuse me. They're really wordy too. I was reading. A, I guess it was a newspaper ad. I mean, and, and it, it uh, by today's standards, you know, they, it, you'd uh, people's. I was as I was reading it, I was seeing how people's attention span has changed because I read through the whole thing, and uh, you know, it was kind of really something out of the early days of uh, Mad Men. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was noticing that was kind of funny on the options of. Uh, and I didn't call about this about the options on the 1950 Pontiac. Was something called a vent, uh, a venti heater under the seat heater and defroster. Wow! It, so I guess that was a sixty-eight dollar extra. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so I mean, they we're, weren't always heated. But, no, uh, no, no, the, uh, no. It it's good. funny. It's funny. Years, years, and years and years ago, we uh, we bought a '65 uh, Ford Falcon for my wife. It was a car that I bought from somebody's grandfather and he bought it brand new in 65 and this was probably in uh, might have been the late 70s early 80s and it didn't have a lot of miles on it but we I, I we did a valve job to it because it got driven a little bit different when the grandson had it than when granddad had it and then we got the car so by then it needed a little bit of engine work but um granddad in 1965 whoever this guy was from easton uh, decided he needed the AM radio, but didn't need a heater. Huh. And it it had it had a uh, it had a little plastic cover over where the heater controls would be. And I, I asked a, I asked somebody who, who and the guy was probably my age at the time. And I said, "What's the deal with no heat?" And he's like, "I don't know." I he says, "My grandfather d- decided he didn't need to spend the extra, and it was probably fifty dollars on a heater in his car." Wow. Yeah. Amazing those things are. We put we put some heat in it at least, yeah. Yeah, some. Yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, and directional signals. They, yeah. Remember, they came in. Oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, the that's right. Yeah, this this car had directional signals. It also had a manual choke because oh, yeah. the automatic choke, I guess, was an option. Gee. Yeah. Uh, how far we've come. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I really recalled about mileage on my Mazda, uh, what ever happened to uh, Body by Fisher? Who was Fisher and where did he go? Yeah, f- yeah, yeah Fisher Body Works, yeah. Yeah, was that yeah. a separate? Yeah, it was a separate. It was Motors? a separate, uh, separate division of General Motors, I believe. Yeah. But I remember yeah. my folks having General Motors cars, and, and there's uh, usually was a nameplate on the yep. uh, when you open the door. Yep. And it, it did say the name of the car, and then yep. body by Fisher. Yeah, body by which, Fisher, and it was one of those things that um, back. I think it was probably like '62 or '63. Hmm. The last of the big caddies, the Fleetwood. Um, that was like the last coach-built body by Fisher car, as I recall, something like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Times have changed. Yep. Um, I've noticed in, in my uh, 2009 Mazda, I have a, a computer um, system in it that mm-hmm. tells me the mileage, mm-hmm. and it it really ha- I've got 40,000 miles on it, give or take, mm-hmm. and uh, it's dropped to between 16 and 18.5 miles mm. a gallon. And uh, I called my mechanic, and he said, you know, I change the oil regularly in the oil filter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he suggested that I put in uh, uh, the highest octane uh, super premium I can for a couple of tankfuls, and that might clean it out. Is is that the way to go? Um, I don't think it's going to do any good. Yeah, I don't think but so. it kept you from calling back. It kept you from calling him for like the next month or so. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I was. Thinking. Yeah. Um, what I would try to do rather than that is I would go buy a couple of bottles of Tecron. Tecron. The uh, yeah, it's a it's a fuel system cleaner, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know add a add a bottle to a tank of fuel, uh, and then. You know, completely. You know, use as much of that tank as you can. Add another bottle. If there is carbon built up, it will kind of blast away the carbon a little bit, and that may that may help to some extent. Uh-huh. Um, that and the and the only idea behind that is that if over time, if the engine does get some carbon build up, it will. You know, cars don't knock and ping anymore because you don't hear it because the computer makes up for it and it backs off the timing. Well, if there is carbon built up in the engine, it will back off the timing, which reduces the power a little bit, which reduces the fuel economy. So that's where it starts. I mean, as far as, like, normal maintenance on this car, this car, I think, has, you know, spark plug change at 100,000 miles. Yeah, and told yeah, me, yeah. There's, right. there's not there's not really a lot. You can do. What was your typical fuel economy on the car? Uh, it, it was in the 20, yeah. 2022. I mean, yeah. the sticker said higher, but I yeah. never got When I took it to my dealer uh, on this, you know, they pointed mm-hmm. out how the new 2015 models <laughs> had better mileage. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So glad yeah. to know that. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, other thing, the other thing I m- might think about doing would be that... Um, you know, do you know do all the basics you've been doing? Check the air pressure and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But then um, the other the other thing is actually really measure the fuel economy by the old fashioned way. Right. You know. Uh, you know. Go get gas. Drive 150 miles. Go get gas again. You know. Divide your mileage by your your gallons and and see see if that changes. Because every once in a while, some of these computer systems get a little bit out of whack. 
Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I, I'm, matter of fact, I started to do this with the last uh, mm. uh, Philip that I had. And uh, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, right now, BJ's, if you remember, they have the, the best gas prices. So mm. I, I, that's where I've been going in here in Quincy. Mm. Here in Quincy. Um, you know, it didn't seem to be uh, a problem. I mean, no, I, and, you know, there's... Gas is gas. There, I, always been my feeling is gas is gas. Occasionally, because octane ratings mean octane ratings, they're... they're uh, here in the United States, we, we figure our octane ratings on a combined method. We use the, the motor method and the scientific method, and we put them two together. And sometimes, every once in a while, you get gasoline that um, might not be, for one reason or another, even though they should be exactly the same, they're not. But on the other hand, it's not like BJ's owns a, a refinery somewhere. They're buying gas from probably, you know, Gulf or something. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so, store brand, but it's you know, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's the same thing. It's it's most you know most of them are all buying oil and gas off the mercantile exchange or something, or they're buying it from a big distributor. And usually that big distributor, well, it used to be Cumberland Farms, but Cumberland Farms sold their Gulf their Gulf gasoline off to somebody else now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but still, they're they're buying it from the big wholesaler. So I see Noonan, I think. That's yeah, yeah. JP Noonan's a JP local Noonan. social guy, and he delivers gas, but he's just a delivery. company. Company that they're going into, you know, the Sitco terminal in Quincy and uh, buying gas there or something. So, Techron uh, is uh, is that the best brand? Uh, that's a, that's a, it's been around uh, since um, before Marita was born, and uh, pretty new then. Uh, and maybe before her mother was born, I don't know. But it was it was actually it was actually a, a GM branded product once upon a time, I think. And it was, it's just a, it, it's, it's a good product. I've always felt comfortable using it. You know, Lucas is kind of the hot product now. Everybody likes Lucas products. And a lot of times they have a, they have a pretty good fuel system cleaner. There's another one called Seafoam, which a lot of garages are using. The Tecron to me, I've had, always had good luck with it. It's never caused any problems. Um, it comes in a, you know, I think it's $12 a bottle or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah. Zone, yeah. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a, a it's a it's a big black bottle, uh, and it's in like the where the fuel additives stuff is, is. Do they have any? Is it just Tecron? Is there? Do they have different? No, uh, I think it's just. I, I think it, it used to it used to be kind of generic looking. They, like probably everybody else, they have something for Tecron for this and Tecron. It's yeah. all this. It's that's awesome. I think marketing on the outside of the bottle. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll try that. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. I'm listening online. Uh, um, it comes in really well. I guess you're having. Uh, your transmitter is uh, on low power right now, I guess. And, um, there might have been a lightning strike. I don't know. We, yeah, yeah, but it comes in clear on the, on okay, the, great. On the computer. Good. Bye-bye. All right, Bye. thanks. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us. If you would like to call, we have lines open right now. If you're trying to call earlier and it was busy. Um, the unofficial state cars of America... Someone sent me this, and it says, uh, I don't know how this came up. If you were to take a list of the most popular cars in each state in the U.S., it would be a pretty monotonous list, a bunch of Ford F-150s, some Silverados, Ram pickups, an odd Honda Accord or Toyota Camry here or there. Uh, but we were curious, what's the most distinctive in each state? What model of car did, say, California buy more often than any other state in the union? We turned to auto analyst, I think this came from Popular Mechanics, we turned to auto analyst Tom Libby of IHS Automotive to help us crunch some numbers. IHS Automotive is a is a crazy numbers crunching company. They're the ones that actually, when AAA does the uh, travel projections, 
I just want to know how many people are going to be traveling for a holiday. And they do things like, you know, how the... You know, how the financial markets are doing and how the attitude of the buying public's doing. They're pretty phenomenal company the way they do things. Uh, some states seem to conform to stereotypes. Texas loves hulking, hulking Cadillac Escalade EXTs. NPR loving New England loves their Volvos. I uh, See, I would have thought Texas would have loved Ford F-150 pickup trucks. That's what I would have said. So a uh, full list of each state's unofficial cars follow, it says here, with additional comments from Libby's extensive data analysis. These don't make sense to me. Alabama. What would you think in Alabama? Solid American car. Kia Forte. And it says in Alabama, the Kia Forte sells at 286% of the national average. In Alaska, well... The WRX in Alaska sells at 351% of the U.S. average. While the Outback, XV, and Crosstrek and Forester all have market shares in Alaska more than twice the U.S. average. Well, they're all-wheel drive, they're inexpensive, and they're... Uh-oh, Marita did something. <laughs> um, in Arizona, The Fiat 500L sells at 238% of the national average. I have no idea why. Arkansas, GMC Yukon. Okay, I can go with that. Kia Soul electric vehicle in California. Apparently they sell much higher than the national average. Colorado, and Xterra. Connecticut, and Impreza. Delaware, Volvo. I suppose if, if they consider New England NPR loving, I suppose it would be the same idea. Georgia. A Nissan Leaf. In Hawaii, a Tacoma? I don't know. But it's kind of interesting, and I guess you can find it online at uh, Popular Mechanics, Cars of America. And you can read all about it and see what's going on. Marita, did you break the phones? <laughs> Why don't we take a break? And uh, it's the phone, the phone display is very pretty, though, right now. <laughs> Why don't we take another break? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. When we come back... I want to talk about paintless dent removal. Well, because I got a dent and I had it removed. I'll be right back. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by and sometimes I'd hang my head and cry. Because I always wanted me one that was long and black. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. WROL Boston. As energy prices go up, your cooling bills can make you extremely hot. Whew. But now there's a way to extinguish the problem. Mitsubishi Electric Systems can cool and heat multiple rooms or just one room at a time with no ductwork. If you think about it, why pay to cool the whole house when you only use a few rooms? 
Mitsubishi Electric's advanced technology gives you the most efficient, reliable way to cool or heat while cutting up to 30% off your energy bill versus traditional HVAC. Plus, they filter allergens and are quieter than a human whisper. You can even control them remotely with a smartphone or tablet. They're perfect for remodels, fixing hot and cold spots, or replacing your entire HVAC system. I'm Mike Francione, owner of Coastal Heating and Air Conditioning in Quincy. We at Coastal have you covered for all your heating, AC, and refrigeration needs. Call Coastal today at 617-770-0636 or visit us on the web at coastalahr.com. Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating. Live better. Hey there, it's Kurt, your interstate battery guy. Summertime car woes are a bummer, but they do happen. So here are a couple things you should have on hand to keep it safe. First, I don't know about you, but my car troubles seem to occur whenever my cell phone battery is low. So you need to have a backup power supply for your cell phone. Two, a professional-grade booster pack. We have some in our shop with an air compressor also. Three, a good 3-watt or better LED flashlight. Rechargeable or alkaline, you should not be without this. Four, LED-style safety flares. Ours have 30 flash patterns. They're highly visible up to 10 miles. It fits right in the palm of your hand, and there are no flames, just bright lights. Find us fast at interstatebattery.com in Woburn. Stop by, and we'll put together a safety kit for you. And we'll check your car battery, too. No charge. <laughs> Get it? Remember, work, rest, or play, always choose outrageously dependable interstate batteries. Salem Media Group Boston, changing the spiritual climate of New England one listener at a time. My name is Mary Ann Miner, and I live down the Cape here in Orleans. I'm a great fan of WECE and WROL. You have some amazing Christian groups and churches, and I called to tell you how much I love the book that Pastor Bill Brace sent to me at no charge. And another beautiful thing happened this week. I called June Hunt, and they sent me a beautiful booklet on boundaries and that was great thank you again for your wonderful radio group you are so special to all of us so i thank you am 950 wrol the spirit of boston and 590 the word w-e-z-e and don't forget you can listen online anytime from cape cod to cape canaveral florida to cape town south africa we've got you covered worldwide on wezradio.com or wrolradio.com and thanks for listening you're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program at AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. If you would like to give us a call, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through. And uh, two things, anybody who wins trivia this month will be entered into a contest to win a AAA membership. And we also have another contest going on, and that is to win your own Bluetooth code scanner. And uh, we are going to be giving away... Uh, a, a scanner, and it is um, it's a pretty it's a pretty neat little tool. Um, I have one, and I've been kind of playing with it a little bit, 
and it is something that you need a smartphone to hook up to it. So you need um, you need to have something like an Android phone or an Apple phone or one of those kind of things. And it is this little sensor thing you plug into the OBD2 port. The tool itself is called Blue Driver. It's from a company called Lemure. They're a wireless vehicle monitoring company. Then you download their free app, and then you get this... Um, it's uh, you can read you can read trouble codes. You can find out if your car is ready for emissions testing. Whether all the monitors are set, um, you know, can you turn a smartphone or a tablet into a professional scan tool? A little bit, you can. So it's a uh, it's a it's a great little it's a great little product. It's um, and it, again, it's called Blue Driver, and you just scan the OBD two port. And we are going to be giving that away. And all you have to do is send an email or a letter. Uh, if you have email, send me an email at jpaul at AAA Northeast. We changed my email address. Triple, AAA Northeast now. So jpaul at AAA Northeast. Or you can always send a letter here to the radio station, 500 Victory Road, Quincy, Mass. Put my name on it. And um, I've been told I should check my mailbox more often. And uh, we'll we'll be able to um, you know we'll enter you into the contest. We'll be giving that away probably in the next couple of weeks. So the uh, Bluetooth designed um, OBD scan tool give you some professional diagnostics in your phone or tablet. And again, it's from a company called Lemure Wireless Vehicle Monitors Lemure Technologies, and the tool itself is called Blue Driver. So. We'll get you that, and you can actually. You can, it's pretty interesting the stuff it can log and calculate, and uh, it's pretty a pretty interesting little tool. I like it a lot. Then, well, my wife's new little car, her Volkswagen Beetle convertible. One day I looked at it, and there's a dent in the door. Didn't even have two thousand miles on it. A little dent in the door. Could have been a shopping cart. Could have been a door, you know, somebody's door flew open. Well, I looked online for paintless dent removal, and I found a company called Paint Concepts, who was, um, and I was looking down in Rhode Island because I wanted to be able to kind of drop it off near work, and I found this uh, company, Paint uh, Dent Concepts. They're actually out of Nashville, Tennessee, a place Marita really likes, by the way. And... Um, I went down, and uh, the guy wasn't there, but I called him on the phone. He shares some space with a, a reconditioning, reconditioning shop. And I went down and uh, talked to the guys at the recon shop, then talked to him, and went over and uh, went back a couple of days later. I told him I'd meet him uh, Monday at uh, 12 o'clock. He was uh, he uh, he thought for some reason at one o'clock I got a hold of him. He zipped right over. He was doing some work at a body shop, but I knew I was in the right place because there was a sixty-five foot tractor trailer in the parking lot. It said Dent Concepts on it with the Tennessee plate on it, and it said Disaster Recovery Unit. And apparently they chase hailstorms, so they sent this giant tractor trailer. The thing the thing had all these fold out compartments. It was a pretty impressive looking truck. All these fold out compartments. And uh, so they could actually follow hailstorms around and actually do repairs. And they just did the one little dent on my on the car. It was um, when I talked to him on the phone. He said, "Yeah, it depends on what it is, seventy-five to one hundred and twenty-five dollars." And went in, brought the car into a shop, 
a little one-bay shop. I walked down the street to the Rite Aid to get uh, something to drink. I was gone probably 10 minutes, came back, perfect. And $75 later, he was happy, I was happy, and the car looked, car looked brand new again. So, you know, no damage. To, fortunately, there was no damage to the paint. I did buff out the the uh, yellow paint that hit the door. So uh, that all that all worked out fine. So if you're if you have damage from hailstorms and you're thinking about you know body work and all that, and the paint isn't cracked, paintless dent removal is actually a pretty good way to go. I in fact I have a column that's I think going to appear in the next couple of weeks. A woman called me with a Subaru, and she had she got brand new Subaru. She owned it two days, and she got caught in a hailstorm. It had ninety one dents in the roof, and in and another fifty dents in the trunk. She said it looked like it was parked at a golf course, and they were using it for you know practice. Um, the The insurance company wanted to wants to actually cut the outer roof panel off and put a new roof panel on. Which is a reasonable fix, but you know now all of a sudden you've lost the factory paint. You know, could you do it all with paintless dent removal? It would take a long time, but you wouldn't be repainting the car afterwards, and it might be a way to go. Um, I, I was talking to somebody else uh, used another company, and they had uh, a, an odd dent in their car. And the body shop actually called a paintless dent removal guy. He smoothed it all out because the guy was really fussy about it and didn't want any body filler in. He got it smooth enough where all the guy had to do was prime it and paint it afterwards. Didn't have to add any body filler, which would have been typical if they tried to do it in the shop. Uh, Some of these guys are uh, magicians with the tools they use and the lighting they use. And uh, and they, they use mirrors and special lights so they can actually make sure the panel comes out perfect. Let's talk to Peter on line one. Peter, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> What's up? John, um, as I slowly enter the world from 1959 to 2015... Um, do it do it slow. There's no point in Russian. No, no. No. <laughs> it's more expensive, I can tell you that. Mm. But, um, Mobile One, um, I had a... What, what did they say? What did they say about Edsel's... Uh, uh, Inexpensive but not cheap. What was the what was the advertising tagline for Edsel? Um, Inexpensive, but it doesn't look that way. Yes, something that, like that. That yeah. was one, and yeah. uh, you can see it. Uh, you know, you have arrived um, from three blocks away. Ah, there you go. <laughs> um, oh. My Honda. I had uh, a Mobile One oil change, mm-hmm. uh, zero twenty weight uh, oil. Um, that, I was going to say that sounds like seventy dollars. Yeah, it was sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. very good, John. Um, how long does that last, John? Um, well, you have an oil monitor in that, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, you know, you could you could probably go six, seven thousand miles. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, All right. Well, that makes sense yeah. then. Yeah, and the oil monitors actually work pretty well. So um, you know, I, I would just uh, you know just kind of just kind of keep an eye on it and see what it is. But yeah, even though you're paying. You know, two or three times as much. The oil's going to last two or three times as long. Pay attention to the oil level, though, because I, I, how how long did you go for the first oil change? How long? Um, I, I, it was about, um, let's see, first one, about 5,000 miles. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you may find that you can even go longer than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
you know, pay pay attention to you know if there's a if there's a a time or a mileage limit. But use the mileage indicator. It's a it's a pretty good way. You can you can find. I bet it's going to be probably closer to you know six thousand or or something by the time you're done. You know, Honda's funny because they don't have the the standard you know standard uh, uh, mileage indicators like like a lot of cars do. They have the this sort of schedule A, schedule B sort of stuff and. Um, and the what I use all data what I use actually has a they kind of try to convert it over so it kind of looks like it makes sense to people and but I'm I'm saying that the first oil changes uh, or or the oil change according to the indicator is probably pretty close to once a year or ten thousand miles. Oh wow! Well, yeah. Wow. So you know if if you know if the theory is that you can keep oil in there for a year, which you can now. Um, you know, even though you paid seventy dollars for an oil change, you probably would have done three in that t- same time frame, uh, and paid a little bit more for three oil changes, and you would have been tied up, you know, on two other different occasions. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That well, things have improved. Well, well, <laughs> well, they have they have to sometime, you know. <laughs> absolutely. Well, yeah. even my wife's new car is a once a year or ten thousand mile oil change, but her car actually sat. Her car was delivered in the early winter and even though uh, i'm going to probably change the oil on the car a little bit early because the oil's been kind of sitting around there for a while right. you know it's been right. sitting in a crankcase even though the car really didn't get moved you know, it's been kind of hanging around so it may it may get a it may get an early oil change yeah you know I, I, it's cheap insurance even at 60 or uh, 70 dollars yeah you know yeah but it is a little bit shocking when you used to pay in 24.95 absolutely yeah John. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. All right. Well, I thank you for your okay. information, and we'll slowly move from 1958 to uh, the present. No, there's no, uh, no point in really rushing. <laughs> okay, John. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Some of the, you know, it, you uh, you know, Peter's right. You know, it's uh, things. Things have changed a little bit since 1950, but you can you can move up. A, you can move up a little bit at a time and, and see see what else is out there, and you know, you can you can do okay. So. Why don't we take another break? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, or WROLradio.com. Remember, coming up in about 12 minutes is the Irish Hit Parade, the very best in Irish music, heard right here every Saturday and Sunday, actually, right here on AM 950 WROL or WROL Radio all around the world. We'll be right back. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by And sometimes I'd hang my head and cry Cause always wanted me one that was long and black One day I devised myself a plan That should be the envy of most any man I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand Now getting caught meant getting fired But I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. I'm going to ride around in style. I'm going to drive everybody wild, because I'll have the only one there is around. So the very next day when I punched in with my big lunchbox and with help from my friend, I left that day with a lunchbox full of gear. WROL Boston. Hey, it's Kurt, your interstate battery guy. I know I've been saying hi for a little while now. 
but I think it's time you meet more of our outrageously dependable interstate battery team. Why? Because we want you to join us. Hi, I'm Cody. I spend my day talking with good people about great products. Hey, I'm Sean, and I love the monthly bonus when we hit our goals. Hi, I'm Janine, and we have great customers. I'm Pete. I love when we get ice cream in the afternoon. Hello, I'm Ray. I started here as a seasonal employee three years ago. Claude here. I like the flexibility in the schedule so I can go bowling tonight. I'm Brett, and I've been doing this since I was 11 years old, and I think I might bleed Interstate Battery Green. That's our team. Good people, getting the work done and keeping the work day fun. If you're looking for a place to work that you might call home, check us out, and you'll be glad you did. We are Interstate Batteries in Woburn. You can search for us at interstatebatteries.com, Woburn. Interstate Battery needs you. Play ball. This is the Discount Duchess coming to you from McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm here with my little darlings catching a Paw Sox baseball game, but I couldn't wait to tell you that I not only bought tickets for my little darlings, but also for my Countess Cousins family, too. What a fabulous idea to take your whole family for a day at the park and all at half price. That's only $4.50 per ticket. Visit WEZE or WRLRadio.com to get half off Paw Sox tickets all season long. Now, let's get back to the car doctor, John Paul. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program at AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Uh, somebody called back and said, uh, Dent Concepts, what's the deal with them? Where are they? Well, they're, like I said, they're headquartered in actually Nashville. The guy I met was in uh, Pawtucket or Providence, one of the right on the line there. But they're, um, they're, there's more than one location. But their phone number, the number I actually called to get a hold of them, I hate to do this because it's one of those weird numbers. It's 855 855- PDR, so pros. So 855-PDR-PROS is how you get a hold of them, or dentconcepts.com. And um, they have, uh, you know, they have uh, a variety of different uh, things. They have a kind of a nationwide network of, uh, like I said, it's a, a type of franchise. Their truck was, uh, their truck was up here, and... Um, they're, they're pretty much everywhere. So, um, I, how did I find them? I was out for a drive one afternoon and said, "I thought I remembered seeing a one of those paint paintless dent removal guys around here." And sure enough, I walked in and there they were. Um, they uh, happen to be a guy in Providence. But if you have a dent and it's the paint isn't cracked in your car, it's worth it's worth taking a look at. General Motors OnStar says they've had a billion calls to OnStar. And it says here, General Motors OnStar has filled a billion calls since it was founded in 1996, including one involving a monkey. That's what I said, a monkey in Mississippi that locked itself into uh, a a Chevrolet Silverado. The vast majority of OnStar requests for help are directions and pretty routine, but every now and then an oddball call comes in. And a subscriber to campground locked his keys, wallet, and his pants inside a car. And had to call OnStar 
in his underwear from another person's car. Interesting, he had his phone. Yeah. Um, a subscriber accidentally flushed his keys down a toilet in a restaurant. Roadside assistance delivered new keys. A subscriber got stuck inside a gas station's uh, car wash. The driver could not get out of his car and did not have the number for the station. The driver called directory assistance, but then was told the gas station didn't exist, so he called OnStar. The advisor located the gas station phone number, called the attendant, who let the customer out of his car. Hmm. There was a... I remember hearing one call, and it was somebody who called in to OnStar, and they were on their phone, and their keyless remote didn't work. And they said, well, I'm standing here, and I can't get into my car. And they said, well, "Well, do you have the key? And they said, well, yeah. And they said, try using the key. And they put the key in the lock, and sure enough, the door opened, and uh, they got in. Sometimes people forget about things. Hey, look, it's the long-lost Paul Sullivan. He once was lost, and now he's found. He's Now he's found. And Did you did you travel travel the world with your family? Is that where you were? Was this the family vacation week? Uh, we went to, first week we are in Philadelphia. Yep. And the second week wasn't part of the family, but we had a, um, we had a wedding to attend. Ah. My friend Rich. Oh, yeah. His son yep. Yep. got married up yep. in, um, uh, on, on the top of Loon Mountain. Oh, week. okay. It was okay. glorious. It was yeah. gorgeous. What a wedding. Yeah. And uh, so you talked the family out of going to Detroit. Yeah. Which was. Remember uh, that? Yeah, I do. And yeah. I kind of said, why? I mean, I, I guess Mackinac Island or somewhere up where it's pretty, but. Motown. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Detroit, not so much. Uh, it, yeah. it, 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 you have to be down to get back up again. That is true. And, so. and there is some, you know, there is a little bit of getting up. Right. Um, but it's still there are still the neighborhoods word, and neighborhoods and neighborhoods of just abandoned houses. The word prone comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're starting. They're starting to lift their head up a little bit right. in, in Detroit. So, yep. yeah, and and I actually very rarely ever go to um, Detroit. It's usually I'm in Dearborn, which is the Ford equivalent of GM. Right. If GM is Detroit, Ford's Dearborn. Well, all and, the towns around yeah. there are named after cars, right? Like Pontiac and there, there, there are, and, yeah. and even some of the even some of the kind of Odd little town names are kind of named after parts. I need cars. a car. I need a car. You need, need a, a car? car? I need a new car. Yeah. What, the, am, what am I getting? Um, Recommendations, please. Buy another Jeep Grand Cherokee. That's what Claire says. Yeah. You, you've had I don't need look. one that big, though. I don't, I don't get, need a car that big. Get a Jeep Cherokee. Small, what, slightly smaller version. Is it? A little bit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they, they stopped making Cherokees for a bunch of years. Okay. And then they're back in the market with the Cherokee. It's a little bit smaller. What will I um, get from my car? Nothing. <laughs> what year is it? Oh four. Nothing. <laughs> How many miles are on it? A hundred and fifty. Nothing. Thousand. <laughs> they're uh, easy miles, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're very easy miles. But yeah, yeah you you you'll you know that's probably four thousand dollars maybe. That's maybe. better than the one hundred and fifty I got the last time I traded something. Claire said the tires were worth more than that. What'd you do? I said that's it, me. I'm not yeah, a very good yeah, negotiator. You took what you can get. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, you you could plus it was smoking when I brought it in. Yeah, that's not ever. That's not never, a good, not, sign. never yeah. a good sign. Check engine light on, oil light on. Smoking. All the lights yeah. are on. <laughs> All the lights are on. Yeah, what you got for you know what it's spelled? It's spelled idiot right across no, the. No, dashboard. no, what you got for it? You got what the value was for scrap metal. Right. Yeah. 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 Which but not is, the tires. Yeah. Yeah. Not them because 
I put new tires on. Yeah, yeah, well. Before it was smoking. Yeah, yeah well. Anyway, it's good to see the team back. We're back. We haven't been We're here back. in a long time. I know. Yeah. I know. We'll be here for, well, maybe maybe not the, uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah, Marie's, yeah, not Marie's, just, Marie's off next week. Yeah. And the weekend after that. That's yeah, Labor Day weekend. The yeah, weekend. Labor Day. So yeah. I, I might be not here. Okay. I'll be. But after that, we'll, we'll get back. We'll, we'll be back yeah. right till Christmas. Christmas. About, yeah. Or Thanksgiving. Or yeah. Something. I don't plan on going anywhere in between that I know Me of, so. neither. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of good choices out there for cars. Did you want an SUV? Did you want a, just a regular well, car? Or? All my research, you know, and it's not hard research, and it's kind of I look at it one day and put it away for a long hmm. It seems the Honda CRV is the best. Bet. Honda CRV is a nice little vehicle. It's a it's um it's it's a very solid little car. If you w- don't want something quite as big as a CRV, mm-hmm. there's the actual HRV, which it's is a, a slightly smaller version of the Honda CRV. Okay. And if you look out in the park, it, does it have four wheel drive? Yeah. And okay. if you look out in the parking lot, that sort of blackish color car that's the grayish color, gray grayish grayish steel color. Out there in the parking lot. Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. an HRV. Okay, and it's um, that's a really fancy one. That's with the leather interior and the and the navigation system and all that. Nice. Uh, Thirty three miles to the gallon is what it's been doing. MSRP. Uh, that one's a little bit pricey. That one's around twenty five because of the leather and all that sort of stuff. That's okay. Um, and it's very, very flexible inside. You can fold down the rear seats like all SUVs. You can yeah. fold down one rear seat. You can fold up the rear seat cushion, and you can put a ficus in there or something, I don't know, something tall. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing I ever haul or carry is a Christmas tree once a year. That's about it. Yeah, you could, you actually, you get the Christmas tree in the, uh, that they kind of put in the big wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can actually put down the passenger front seat okay. flat, put down the second row seat flat. Why, why wouldn't I just tie it to the roof of well, the car? Well, you could do like that, too. But yeah, it's fine. more fun cleaning out the <laughs> no, pine needles. No, yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do when yeah. I trade this one in. Yeah. From like eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, the HRV is actually it's it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a nice little car. I I've been driving it for a few days now. Um, it is uh, it's it runs you know it it does pretty well on the highway. It's pretty quiet. It handles pretty well. Okay. Um, out on the highway, if you're trying to do a pass, you know, pass somebody at sixty five to you know get up to eighty, it's a little bit sluggish. All right. But not but. But nothing, you know, I've driven it, you know, three, three or four hundred miles and, you know, half of that's been on the highway. So it's fine. You know, it's, it, again, I yeah. don't I don't drive a lot on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, but Claire does and yeah. she'd be using it. And yeah. She's no, got this, a lead foot, you know. So. Yeah. This I've heard. Stories, well, I, I, you stories, know what? I yeah. wanted to look at a Buick because I wanted to stay American. And then I found out that the Buick's made in China now. So. Well, some What's up are. With that? Some are. Some are. Okay. Some are. Well, the ones they sell in China are made in China. Oh, all right. Yeah. The other ones are probably made in <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> By America. Yeah. Right. But, actually, but the last three cars I've had, the Jeep and yeah. two Fords before that, were all American. Yeah. Made. There's something there, there that's is, attractive yeah. to me about yeah. that. And, well, and the Hondas are American-made in Ohio. Oh, really? I think sold. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you you got to go now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your job is done here. Yeah, my job is done. The very best in Irish music with the Irish Hit Parade and Paul Sullivan coming up next. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.